Hey, Jess. Hey, Kat. <laughs> I wanted to delay the high. I don't know why. Dramatic effect. And you said it really fast. You're like, hey, Jess. I know. Instead of like, whatever. I, I don't know. What is... The brain. The brain's dead. The brain's the, dead. Sorry. It's That's pregnant, all I got. It's pregnancy postpartum brain. It's called mom brain Mom now? brain. It's your mm. full full mom now. Full-blown mom now. Yep. yep. So it's mom brain. And it it is. No joke is she, what it is. She's in full force. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like, there's so many times where I'm, like, making... A, it's like charades sometimes with Zach. I'm, like, trying to explain something and he goes... Okay, and thankfully he always knows what I'm trying to say, but I mean, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm like that in general. I can't imagine how it's going to be. Because <laughs> your brain, like, your something to do with your your brain is, like, literally chemically changed. Yeah, so is your it's, whole it's body. Wild. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're my but. superhero. It was wild. Thanks. <laughs> Fucking wild. It's worth it when you look at his cute face. He's so chunky. He's, he's a chunky boy now. He's so cute though. It's wild watching your kid grow like literally like a weed. Like, I mean, he's more of like a flower. He's not like a nuisance, but. <laughs> he's a good baby. He's, he's super cute. Super cute and chunky. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, um, onto like not fun things. <laughs> Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, today we are going to talk about a missing persons, missing persons case. Oh, from no. the sixties. Oh, okay. But dude is still missing. So, sorry, cat. Wild. I know I hate these. The yeah. No, the no, like actual closure thing. Yep. Okay. Sorry. All right. But that's okay. It happens. It it does. Sadly. It does. Sadly. It does. But it's good to talk about it because you never know who knows something. That's true. I don't know, but the sixties, I can't remember yesterday. Yeah. I yeah. Sixties. <laughs> that's insane. That was so long ago now. I know. It's 2024. It's because we're 90s babies. We're like, oh, it was only like 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> like, near, near, was it? And I, I'm going to be 30 this year, so um, crazy. 30. Old lady. I still have, I still have two years left, thankfully. Yeah. You're a baby. Anyway. Oh my gosh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell the story. Let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Jepson was born on May 28, 1949. His parents were Elizabeth and Edward Jepson, and Reed was one of 12 children. Holy crap. I literally I mean, even for the 60s. Yeah. Wowza. Wowza. (laughs) No, the 60s, like, that's still not normal for the 60s. I mean, but, like, Utah, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, (laughs) yes. All right. I stand corrected. (laughs) 
So the Jepson family lived primarily in Salt Lake City, Utah, but they also had a summer home in Montana. Reed was a football player for his high school, which was called East High School, which, fun fact, is where High School Musical was shot. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. I just did a whole little, like, flashback yep. in my brain, like, look off into the distance and remember what that was. Like, yeah. So if you look up... Because it's East High, right? Yeah. If you look up East High School, it's literally called East High School. It's that's where he went. This, that's where he went. He went to High School Musical before it was High School Musical. And he, I was going to say, and he didn't even know it. Exactly. <laughs> didn't even know it yet. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool uh, tidbit. Um, he was also a paper boy in his free time. That's such a cute little innocent job. I know. It sounds, it's so 60s. Like... So 60s. Yeah. I mean, now I think they, like, throw them out of their car, but... Played football and was a paper boy, like... Right? That's so cute. He may as well have worked at the movies and had the little paper hat. Uh, Right? Yeah. Cute. So cute. So, Reed was described as a popular student with many friends. In his free time, he liked to train his dogs, which were German short-haired pointers... And he would train them specifically for, like, bird hunting. Um, okay. But the dogs, they were, like, his family's dogs, but, like, Reed was the one that, like, took care of them and trained them. and Like, they were his dogs. Yeah, they were his dogs. Gotcha. <clears throat> gotcha. On the morning of October 11th, 1964, the Jepson family attended church. And after church, 15-year-old Reed decided to go outside to take care of his puppies. Um, one, of the, one of the dogs was one-year-old. Her name was Bess. And then the puppy's name was Anne. Oh my gosh, those are so cute names I for know. little 60s short-haired pointers. I know. And their best friend. Oh. Yeah. So... Prior to Reed going outside to take care of the dogs, his oldest sister tells him to be back for supper in about 30 minutes, to which he promises that he will be back. Right. Um, Not missing food. I'm a teenage boy. Correct. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So when the family sits down for supper, Reed is nowhere to be found. The family decides to just go on and eat without him. Assuming that he's still out walking the dogs, but after all the food is gone and the family goes to an afternoon worship service, there's still no sign of Reed, which, like, I have the biggest sad face in my heart right now. Yeah, he, like, would not miss service with his family. Right. Yeah. So, around midnight on October 12th, Reed's parents finally call Salt Lake City police. Police then come out and investigate the Reed home and find that there are no signs of foul play. Oh, okay. I thought you were <laughs> going to say no signs of Reed. I was like, um, couldn't his family confirm that? Like, okay, you think you kept it obvious, but there's like, okay, no foul play. Yeah. Right. So like, well, no- and they still have to confirm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when Reed went missing, he was wearing a white knit cotton shirt, a reversible coat that had Black on one side, blue on the other, jeans, and gym shoes. Um, At this point, police assume Reed is a runaway. But Reed, his family's like, no, he would never do this. 
Right, he's not that kind of kid. Yeah. His family even said that his life revolves around church, school, family, and football. Big, big sad face in my heart. Yeah. I just... (sighs) Okay, sorry. I needed a whole second before we move forward because my heart is sad. It's okay. My heart is sad too. I just know that we don't find him. I know. I'm going to give you a lot of information. Okay, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, we need like some solid answers. (laughs) Right? So, according to initial police reports, Reed's brother stated that he checked to see if Reed's money was, like, around the house to see if, like, maybe he had taken it with him. I see. Okay. Um, Yeah. And he couldn't find Reed's, like, money anywhere. Interesting. Like, his, like, wallet, basically. Yeah. Or, like, so the money he gets from being a paperboy, I think he just hid it in his room somewhere. Oh, and his money was gone. Yeah. Well, he couldn't find it. His brother couldn't find it. Yeah. His brother couldn't find it. Okay. Huh. Over the previous summer, Reed worked on a ranch in Wyoming. There, he met a girl named Jana. He supposedly really liked her, and after he went back home for school, he wanted to find out, like, how to get in touch with her. So, Mm. and, like, in the 60s, you don't really. Right. Unless you have a phone number or an address, like, there's nothing. Um, There's no Facebook. So, exactly. So, he wrote a letter to another boy who he worked with at the ranch and asked for her address. And in September, the boy wrote back and provided an address somewhere in Kansas City, Missouri. So police were kind of thinking that he may have ran off to go see her in Kansas City. Huh. Okay. I mean, okay. I just feel like all of it, like, like that would be, that would be far-fetched. Oh, I really like this girl. I'm going to run away from home without a trace, not telling a soul. Like, uh, okay. Like, not having actually written her a letter that we know of. Like, right. Talking about. And you have 11 siblings. You're not telling one of them. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Doesn't seem legit to me. Exactly. So, police issue a missing persons bulletin in Salt Lake and in Kansas City to see if he's there, but nothing really came of it. Um, his older sister states that there was never really anything romantic between Reed and Jana, and that over time, this part of the story kind of got blown out of proportion by word of mouth. Mm, everybody loves a love story. Yes. So, and I feel like that would be kind of like a happy ending, like uh-huh. if he did run off with her. True. So... Um, Suzanne, the sister that I talked about in the previous bullet, found actually found his stash of money in a jar in his closet. So this totally puts a wrench in his runaway theory. He was literally just hiding it from his siblings really well. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Which I would do the gotcha. same thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And yeah. your chargers. Are you kidding? Yeah. So a detective ends up stopping by the Reed house and asks Reed's brother, whose name is John, to take a ride with him to help him find a friend's house. Um, they pull up to the friend's house and the detective turns off the car and asks John 
to tell him where Reed is. Yeah. So, like, like, this detective, like, lures John in the car, essentially, under false pretenses, and then turns the car off and is like, look, where's your brother? I don't have a word. (laughs) What in the hell? Yeah. I don't know. 60s? I have no idea. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I think... So I think what happened is, like, the detective had to get parental consent to do this. But, like, I think it's so... Such a weird way I feel like that's rogue cop. I think that was not parental consent. (laughs) Like, that was just, like, out of his ass type of thing. Like, geez. Yeah. Anyways. So I just thought that was really weird. Also, Um, like, why do you pick that random brother? You know? Like... He probably has seven. Well, I guess John and Reed were, like, the closest in age, and they mm, shared a okay. room, so they were, like, the closest. I see. So yeah. if he told a sibling, it would be John. Yes. I see. Okay. So in November 1964, a teen checks into a motel, but the handwriting on the log didn't match Reed, so it ended up not being him. When investigators interview one of Reed's friends, he recalls seeing Reed walking the dogs near the College of St. Mary of the Wasatch around 1 p.m. on October 11th. So this college is located at the base of the East Wasatch Mountains, which is where police start to investigate a little bit further. So, Salt Lake City, have you ever been to Salt Lake City? No. It's, like, kind of like Vegas, where it's, like, in, in like, a bowl of mountains. There's, like, mountains just surrounding Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it just, it's, like, mountains, city. And then you have to, like, drive to get out of the city, basically. Okay. And it's mountains. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, but to, to think of him, like, at these mountains, it's like, okay, well, he's, he's at the mountains. He's, like, like, lost, Yeah. He's like... Well, it just... There's mountains for days. Yeah. He could days. be anywhere. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Suzanne, the sister, says that she doesn't believe that this guy actually saw Reed. Because I guess there were some inconsistencies in his statement. Sus. So, what was inconsistent was that this dude said he saw Reed walking one dog rather than two. So we don't know if that's, like, if he actually saw him or not. What if one of the dogs was running away and he had one dog going to get it? And that just happens to be the perfect instance in which he saw Reed. Right. I'm just, I'm just making you're playing, stuff up. But you're like, playing devil's advocate and I love I know, it. I'm just trying to make it make sense. Yeah, but the thing is, like, these dogs loved Reed. Like, right. they were not leaving him. Right. Regardless, police end up searching the area. Mm-hmm. A few months into searching, police from Kansas City call police in Utah saying that they have Reed at their station. No way. When Reed's dad asks to speak with the boy, Reed's dad can immediately tell by the voice that it's not him. What the hell? Oh my gosh, his poor parents. They're probably like, 
peak excited, peak relief. Yep. And then it's not him. Oh yeah. my gosh. So the family is obviously devastated that there are still no answers. Reed's dad is especially affected. And a week before Christmas in 1964, he takes his own life. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And suicide is rarely completed by, or it's rather the effect of one cause, singular cause. It's probably the Mm -hmm. effect of multiple things, but I know this had to take a toll on him. Right. Oh my gosh. And then I just got chills. That's awful. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, in June 1966, police classify his case as a missing runaway juvenile and close the case. That's messed up. They have zero reason to believe that he ran away. Yep. And to close it so no efforts are going towards it, that's messed up. Isn't it? It's, yeah, it's not okay. So, Reed's case stayed closed for nearly 50 years until March 2nd, 2010. Oh. Hikers looking for antlers north of Mill Creek Canyon find a human skull. Police find enough bones in the area to form a partial skeleton. I don't like where this is going. The remains are from a 17 to 22-year-old white male who would have been between 5'7 and 6'1, which I think at the time he went missing, Reed was 15 years old and he was 5'6. So it would be slightly off from Reed. Slightly off, but it's very close. Right, and it's also a skeleton. Yeah. Like, they don't know. And these were found in 2010. Right. And police say that the bones would have been in that area for at least 10 years. Hmm. So when Suzanne hears about this on the news, she immediately calls police and asks them to see if the remains were her brother. Right. The detective on the line can't find anything in the system about Reed's case. What? What? So the detective went a step farther and went to the records department because back in the 60s, they kept physical records. Yes, not electronic. So it likely just didn't get put electronically. Essentially swept under the rug. That's so sad. Yeah, because, like, my and my thought is, what if tips had come in? Right. And... And the cop was just like, oh, I can't find it. Tossed it. Exactly. Dang. Oh, my... That's... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But Could you imagine it, being his sister? If it weren't for her, like, his case would still be closed. The Fury. Yes. So they find the physical case file and on may 25th 2010 salt lake city pd reopens reed's case good because it's not closed at this point in 2010 reed was missing for 46 years that's insane 
This was. But the, he ran away. Yeah, this was the oldest cold case in this area. Oh wow! So they test the bones that they found, and they mm-hmm. do not match Reed. Okay. But his case is open, so they right get investigators on it and continue trying to figure out what happened. Forty some odd years later. Yep. Oh my gosh. So imagine being that detective where it's like, the hell, this is my case. Yeah. Yeah. And like probably, and I don't think anyone else that worked on the case previously is a alive or employed. Alive. Right. For real. (laughs) I mean, 50 years is like a long time, dude. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. So. Regardless, media is now highlighting the case, and this creates global attention. Interesting. Police are now able to create a New Age press photo of Reed and disperse it, which is good. Um, the day after the new photo was released, a woman calls salt lake city pd stating that her family moved into a house in the jepson's neighborhood in 2006 her backyard backs up to theirs in august of 2009 she her husband and her son were in the backyard and her son was being a typical boy and was digging in the yard when he happened upon the remains of two dogs. Did you see everything just come into my brain at once? Oh my gosh. Yep. The bones of the dogs had been surgically sawed and placed in multiple plastic, plastic trash bags. What? My mind is reeling, dude. Yeah. So this woman that called, she... So this was back in 2009 that... She, her they like found the bags right they end up throwing away the bags i mean i would too honestly like i don't blame the lady because i mean they had thought that it was like someone's previous pets that exactly you know, and your kids digging in the backyard like it just, it just no yeah i yeah. would have thrown it away also but there must have been some like divine intervention or something because before tossing the bags, they photographed everything. Okay, I don't know that I would think to do that, quite honestly. Go her. Yeah. Well, the thing that probably like set her off as this being kind of weird was that the, the bones were like sawed into pieces. Well, and not only that, but like obviously she knows the case more than likely as well. Yeah. Like, knows that, you know, there was some tragic thing with that family that... Probably. Would, you know, so, like, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Dang. Oh so, gosh. they provided Quit those... talking so slowly. I'm like, <laughs> speed up. I'm trying to fast Sorry. forward the podcast live. <laughs> so, they provided those photos to the police, and the police hand them over to bone specialists. On June 12th, police investigate this woman's yard looking for Reed. But they don't find anything. They bring cadaver dogs, cadaver dogs, excavators, like everything. And they don't find anything. In late July, the bone specialists come back and explain that there are bones from two dogs. One that is fully grown 
and one that's a puppy. <sighs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was his family. You're probably wondering, who had the house before her? Oh, yeah? Um, in 1964, the property was owned by a doctor that was building the home on that property for his family. And while he was building the home, he and his family lived a few blocks away and would visit it frequently to see the progress. So this family moved into the home a few months after Reed went missing. I keep forgetting there's a 50-year gap here that we're talking about. I was like... Oh. Yeah. They lived in that house for about 40 years. Damn. The Jepsons and this doctor's families weren't particularly close, but I think their daughters were friends. Interesting fact is that this doctor's wife also committed suicide, but in the 80s. I just thought that was a weird coincidence. That is a weird coincidence. I mean, obviously, probably not related, but... Right, right. I just thought I'd throw that out there because I thought it was weird. That is weird. So, back in the day, there were many stories that went around town about this doctor. Stories that involve him sexually abusing minors, many of whom were his patients, who mostly consisted of teenage boys. No, no. No. Yeah. My reaction, exactly. The Jepsons being unfocused on gossip at the time and focusing on their son and brother being missing kind of kept their heads down and didn't probably, like, comprehend what right. people were saying about this guy. Um, but many people accused this doctor of abuse, but only one person ever filed a police report. Unfortunately, with this police report, the statute of limitations was up and the doctor couldn't be convicted for that specific crime. Eye roll. Major eye roll. I just hate that that's a thing. Statute of limitations to me is such a BS thing. Like, oh, you get to get away with a crime now because time ran out. Yeah, no. Well, luckily they removed that law back in 2013, but... Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, it had been before that that... It was reported. This doctor's specialty was orthopedics, which is bones. <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts, and I feel them. I just hate... Uh, so, like, he has bone sawing things. So he would... Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And back in the day... In, like, the 1960s, plastic trash bags weren't a thing. Plastic trash bags were primarily used for medical waste. What? Yeah. I mean, there was two things to wrap my head around there, but... Yeah. Dude! Uh-huh. Um, so, investigators see these flaming red flags, and... Decide to go question this doctor in April of 2011. Uh Good. The doctor tells police that he doesn't know anything about the dog bones. And they never... 
and says that they never owned any dogs and that he didn't know Reed. Okay, I don't believe any of it. Liar! At the end of the interrogation, the doctor says that he hopes they find who kills Reed. But they have it as a runaway, not as a death. Exactly. Sus. Sus. Which, like, yeah, and I literally was like, who said Reed was killed? Right. Yeah. He did. Yep. So, investigators obviously questioned this, and the doctor's response was to laugh and say, quote, I know with this length of time, they're never going to find out. Ew. Yeah. Just everything about that is gross. And not only that, but, like, you're a doctor. Like, you took an oath to, like, save lives. Yeah. Yeah. Even if even though you're a specialty and, like, whatever, like, you still took the same oath, bro. Yeah. What? So, investigators ask him to take a voice stress test, which I think is similar to a lie detector, but you're actually able to answer questions other not just yes no questions. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're you, yes. you're able to be specific with your answers. I, I I've been playing this game for I'm a month so now. Sorry. It's totally fine. Like I'm here here to help. The way I wrote it, it was like not coherent. So I'm trying to like figure out <laughs> how to make it make sense. So this man purposefully tries to skew results by lying during the practice questions. So if they're like, okay, what color is the desk? And it's brown. He says like blue or red or something like that. Like he's like, oh my gosh, this is so sus. Yeah. I can't handle it. So this is like part of his personality. He's arrogant and like purposefully toying with the investigators. So That are looking for a missing, I mean, now obviously he's like, not a teenager, but like trying to figure out what happened to a teenage boy. Exactly. Sorry, can you hear Luna in the background? She's dreaming and she's like barking in her sleep. I can hear her like a little bit. Oh. So the results of his original test are inconclusive because he because was yeah. messing around. So he asks, he actually asks to take a second voice stress test and passes. Which, like, how accurate are those things anyways? Well, not only that, but, like, you're smart enough to be a doctor, you're probably smart enough to get out of a stress test. Exactly. Like, stress is his profession, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, detectives take it as a pass, but still consider him a person of interest. Absolutely. Yeah. They investigate the doctor's old residence, the one that his family lived in while the house was being built, and found nothing. In October of 2013, they re-interviewed the doctor, but didn't find any new information that could potentially lead to read. Right. But I mean, I could sit here and say, I know nothing all day long, too. I don't know. Right, right. So, Mm. in 2016, the doctor passed away at the age of 88, but he is still considered a person of interest. Yeah, absolutely. Reed's family members entered a a tombstone for him at Larkin Sunset Lawn Cemetery, which is where his parents were laid to rest. 
on his tombstone is his birth date and disappearance date. His surviving siblings obviously just want answers and to be able to bury their brother with their family. Oh. So if anyone out there listening to this knows anything about the disappearance of Reed Jepson, please contact Salt Lake City Police. And that's, that's so sad. That, yeah. My heart is still sad. I know. I hate I know. when they don't find him. I hate when they don't get to me put the rest on. Just like. <gasps> I know. I hope, I hope they do find them. I hope someone, like, that maybe saw something or. Right. Knows. Because you got to think, like, where did he go? Or where was he taken? Right. Or just. <sighs> something. Yeah, I don't Just like it. anything. There's so many... Then that's the terrible thing, is there's so many unknowns. I know. Like, that's the extra messed up part to all the things. It's just wild to me that they found the dogs, but, like, there's Not nothing. Not the boy. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? But um, that doctor is super sus, and it's unfortunate oh. that he's dead, but... See, I wish that, like... They, if you committed a crime on your deathbed, you have to, like, Truth serum. confess everything that like, you've done. yeah. Right. For real. Like, don't, you're not going, you're not going out with any secrets. Like, oh, I hate it. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry, but it was super me. interesting. No, I totally agree. And there's, like, really not a lot of information out there. Like, I looked... I read like two or three articles and then I listened to Crime Junkie covered it and they did a great job. So most of my information came from them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, so if Anyways. you guys if you guys want to keep listening to our craziness, um, <laughs> you know where to find us at this point, hopefully. Um, <laughs> you can email us at samesidepod really. at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at samesidepod podcast and follow us on twitter aka x at saints ipod <laughs> i'm so glad you say that every time <laughs> i think I, I can say it by memory like oh i have it memorized now it's all good <laughs> i just say it in a different order every time i think <laughs> <laughs> i just know what needs to be said i don't know yeah yeah makes sense all right okay. guys okay bye <laughs> Okay, bye.